Welcome back to Whiteout Weekly on a humongous bounce back victory week as the Nittany Lions demolished Minnesota 45-17 last week in the Whiteout game, which looked absolutely electric from all the videos I saw online. And the student section in Beaver Stadium did their job, just like the squad. First play of the game, false start, correct? False start on Aiton. <laughs> Aiton Menis. I think I had that perfectly pronounced. On yeah. Episode. I was going to say, he nailed that one. Five total false starts from the whiteout. Awesome, awesome environment. Lived up to all the expectations. Penn State now number 13 in the AP Top 25. First college football playoff rankings right around the corner after week 10, so two weeks from now, two Mondays from now. But before we get too ahead of ourselves here, let's go around the trenches, aka the Big Ten. And Davey, now that you are a professional gambler, essentially a professional handicapper, <laughs> what did you see from that kind of perspective, from that kind of gambler's mind in the Big Ten this weekend? So uh, first thing was, I think I was pretty much spot on with the Iowa-Ohio State game. Oh, <laughs> Iowa... Yeah. Yeah. Ohio State didn't even have to try to get close to that 50 number. Iowa's offense was basically Ohio State's defense. I mean, just flipping through, you know, back and forth onto that game. I saw a couple pick sixes and just abysmal offense from the Hawkeyes. I got um, some stats on that later, but yes. But uh, they, they gifted them. That game could have been so much worse, but they gifted them like basically 16, 26 points. Yeah, but they held him to get some field goals, but so it could have been a lot worse. But yeah, now a couple of plays I tuned in. Even the announcer was like, "I don't know who Spencer Petrus was looking at here. Like, I don't know <laughs> who he was throwing the ball to." It wasn't the <laughs> Eichenberg pick, but uh, but no. So I'd say at that game, and then the the one that caught us both off guard, the mighty Scarlet Knights taking down the Hoosiers. Oh. So that one was a tough pill to swallow. Uh, yeah. Wisconsin an and but... Wisconsin and Purdue overs are continuing to trend in the right direction. So I think I'm going to keep on that over under trend because it's been, it's been voting well. So that's, that's what I got for the big 10 in uh, week eight. You are the total man, the total man, new nickname. <laughs> uh, my thoughts Wisconsin saw that spread, that smelly smell, that smell yep. smelly. <laughs> it be produced that kind of leaves the door open for Illinois mm-hmm. to win the West, but they still have to beat Purdue coming up in two weeks. Also, Maryland looked a little vulnerable without without Tua. They were down 17-10 at half to Northwestern. Mm-hmm. End up beating them on the ground. So that might be a tougher game than expected down the road against Maryland. Mm-hmm. Um, to the Minnesota game, though, you mentioned it in our preview, the linebackers having to step up. Awesome to see that. Abdul Carter, second most defensive snaps on the team, two Jair Browns, 60. So that was great to see him play next to Curtis Jacobs, who had a career day. He was just – yeah all over the field, making plays and pass coverage, tackles for losses, defensive stops, just flying. 
yeah, first career start for Abdul Carter, and he showed up big time in that moment. So that was that was really cool to see. I think he had 49 snaps to Elsden's 39. Mm-hmm. So they're still they're still splitting there, but um, definitely cool to see Abdul getting more shine, more reps because he definitely shown out. He was I think the second leading tackler on the mm-hmm. team um, behind Curtis Jacobs in that absolute route of Minnesota, which leads us to the big noon kickoff. <clears throat> wow, tough time for my voice to break there. The big noon kickoff on Fox as we, number two, Ohio State comes to Happy Valley as a 15 to 15 half point favorite, depending on where you're seeing it. Over under is set at 62 and a half. We briefly mentioned Ohio State's opponent last week, Iowa. They won 54 to 10. That's their, the Buckeyes' fifth straight game scoring 49 or more points, which is the longest in their school's history. Which, if you think about it, it's pretty incredible considering the mm-hmm. juggernaut offenses that they've had. Yeah, going to be a tough game for sure. And you mentioned the Fox Big Noon kickoff. It feels like basically every time Gus Johnson and Joel Clack call a Penn State game, it's a nail-biter. So I guess in one sense that bodes well because, you know, you don't want to go into this game and just get blown the hell out. But it also kind of scares the living shit out of you knowing that you could you don't want to have a repeat of, you know, a couple of years ago in Columbus, uh, you know, start off hot where Saquon returns the opening kick for a touchdown and then, JT Barrett takes your soul at the end of the game, but <laughs> so hopefully not a repeat of that, but crowd's got to be into it. I know it's a noon kickoff. It's tough, but it's going to be a stripe out. So although not a whiteout, it'll be a pretty electric atmosphere. And you heard it already this week with James Franklin and his press conferences, you know, encouraging students, fans, get in the stadium early, make sure that they're rocking, but they're going to have to come out come out quick and come out on fire. Cause if you get too far behind that Buckeye offense, it's going to be tough to claw your way back into the game. So it's a tough task for sure. The entire season's still out in front of you. I know you lost to Michigan, so you need some things to fall your way to still have a shot at the big 10 title game, but coming off a huge win against Minnesota, blowing them out in the fashion that they did. If you come out here and beat Ohio state, then we're talking big time. We're talking 11 and one and a real shot at still getting in that big 10 title game. So I still don't know how I feel about the strike out. Like, yeah. obviously it's cool to look at, but it's for some reason just gives me Yankees vibes. Yeah. Big noon kickoff. It is Halloween weekend. So I think the fan base is going to be rowdy, all sorts of costumes up there at Beaver stadium for <laughs> the new kickoff. But just going back to last week, I don't know how much of that Ohio State-Iowa game you saw, but that first half, Ohio State was up 26 to 10. And, uh, yeah, they gifted them 16 of those first half 26 points. Mm -hmm. They did hold them to three field goals in the red zone after turnover, so it could have been, like I said, a lot worse. But here is their offense in the first half iowa hawkeyes their only score of the game was a fumble return for a touchdown so right there that says a lot about how their offense did this yeah. first play of the game interception mm-hmm. 
led to a field goal. So they held out there. Second drive, three and out. Third drive, fumble inside their own 30, led to a field goal. So gave basically gifted them six points there. Could have been 14. Fourth drive, turnover on downs. They went for it on fourth and six on their own 30. <laughs> led to a field goal. Gifted them nine points. Then they go on a 10-play, 44-yard drive. They did have a defensive pass interference call, which bailed them out on a third down, which led to their field goal. That's their total for the game, 10 points over. Next drive, three and out. After that, the pick six by Tommy Eckenberg, and then a punt in the half, so 26-10, Ohio State with a pick six and those nine points. Mm -hmm. So that first half, if you break it down, they held their two-headed monster running backs, mm -hmm. uh, Brian Williams and Travion Henderson. Travion Henderson had 38 yards, 3.5 per rush. Mayan Williams, 19 yards, 1.9 yards per rush. So their game plan going into that was stop the run, get them in third and intermediates, and then... They had a lot. Not, they only had one sack in the game. But they had a lot of covered sacks where mm -hmm. Stroud was back in the pocket all day to throw yeah. and then had either scrambled left, scrambled right, and I kind of toss it away. So I think, I mean, then the Buckeyes offense kind of opened the floodgates in the second half. But I think that first half of Iowa's defense kind of sowed the blueprint of what Penn State has to do defensively in order mitigate Ohio State's juggernaut offense. Yeah, so, and I mean that 49 plus again, you know. Yeah. And I mean Iowa, you know, for all the flack we give them for their god awful offense, they do have a solid defense and a really good secondary. Uh, and if you <laughs> <laughs> but to take they, that, they, you know, they, it, compare butt that up against our secondary, Penn State's got the best secondary in the Big Ten. So if you're looking at it from that kind of uh, perspective with what Iowa secondary was able to do, we should be able to do that tenfold. And the improvement that we saw going back to last week against Minnesota compared to that mission game was night and day. You know, Ibra Ibrahim got his hundred yards. He kept the streak going, but he averaged, what was it? 3.2, 3.3 yards per carry. So he had to work his ass off to get those hundred yards. And I think his longest run of the night was 13 yards. So was, yeah, the adjustments wow. that they made, they just need to keep those intact for this week and all, all the adjustments that they made. So I know we're talking about the defensive side of the ball, but they utilized the tight ends. They got the run game going. Clifford was accurate, right? He was 21 uh, or 23 for 31. So there's no doubt that they can do that. And we know that they have the weapons. That's why the fan base has been clamoring for it. But the the challenge now is can you do it back-to-back -back weeks against yep. two really solid opponents? Yep, which is what we've been waiting, praying, hoping for. Yeah. For a couple seasons now. But, uh, yeah, I love what you said about the secondary. Basically, JPJ is shutting off one side of the field. Mm -hmm. So you basically have that one side to worry about. They do have a lot of weapons, uh, Jackson, Smith, and Jigbud. I think he only played a series or two. I was going to say, do we know his status? He, he's probable for yeah. uh, Saturday, but just given the nature of hamstring injuries, they can spring up at any time. You know, right. so I I can see him suiting up and playing, but I 
if something, you know, were to happen where he catches a ball, kind of tries to juke, right? pulls that in a weird way, I could see him leaving. Yeah. But, yeah, I think it comes down to those third and intermediates, keeping them to field goals, not touchdowns, obviously. And then big time, I think my impact player of this game is going to be punter Barney Moore. Your position is going to be huge. Yeah. Anytime we have a big play, pop off a big game, get near midfield, and the drive stalls, we're going to need to count on that kid to pin them within the 10 yard line, make them go 90 plus yards basically to get yeah. into, into the red zone. Because not only is our offense a juggernaut, their defense is as well. They're much improved, much improved defense for sure. They have. They have a new defensive coordinator, Jim Knowles, from Oklahoma State. Yep. So right now, they're top 10 in both rushing and passing defense in yards per game, allowing 90.9 yards on the ground per game and through the air. Number three in the nation in passing yards allowed per game, 149. Yeah. So Jim Knowles has definitely, like you said, revamped that defense. Their strength is up front with that defensive line, mm-hmm. led by their edge rushers, senior Zach Harrison, and a really, really high upside uh, sophomore edge rusher, JT Tui Mo Loa, I think is how you pronounce it fully. <laughs> Both are in the top week 20. Week after week, getting tough names. I know, I'm trying my best here. <laughs> Both are in the top 20 total pressures in the Big Ten. I think Harrison is three sacks total on the year but where their true strength is up front is on the inside marvin hall jr is another terrific underclassman on that interior and then their senior leadership of jerron cage and teron vincent just absolutely dominate that front seven so i think offensively getting those getting those defensive tackles to run sideline to sideline getting rushes off the edge rather than right up the gut I think will be effective because that'll also get Tommy Eichenberg who's sort of their unsung hero of that defense he doesn't get talked about nearly enough Mm -hmm. Um, he can play sideline to sideline but let's force him to do that by getting the ball to the edge because I don't think we're really going to have much success running the ball right up the gut against this touted defensive line (laughs) Yeah, no, you got to utilize your athletes, utilize your speed. Singleton and Singleton for sure has got that burst and that outside speed to get to the edge. So definitely need to make that happen. You're coming into this game probably more so than you have been in the last few years, equipped with the athletes that you need, although they're younger. And you're talking about a lot of true freshmen and younger underclassmen, but you're coming in equipped with the blue chip talent that you need to be able to compete with an Ohio State. Didn't, didn't work out for you against Michigan. So I know talking about can't do it against Michigan, how are you going to do it against Ohio State? But it's a clean slate, new weekend, and made the adjustments that you needed to for last week. So got to go out there and do it again this week on the practice field and then come ready, come noon on, on Saturday and be ready to go. Yeah, and definitely, like you said, get the ball to our athletes. I think getting the ball on the edges, little quick little screens, maybe to start the game to Parker Washington, Mitchell Tinsley will definitely calm down Cliff, help him have another accurate game like he did against Minnesota. But there is a little bit 
of a weakness in the Ohio State defensive armor, and that's their secondary. It's sort of a patched-up group. They do have their strengths. Two safeties, uh, Lathan Ransom and Ronnie Hickman, or stalwart pieces of that secondary. They can come down, thump a run, third and fourth on the team in tackles. But their cornerbacks, a little suspect. Denzel Burke is a junior, and then J.K. Johnson is on the opposite side of him. So this year, pulling up their coverage stats now, Denzel Burke has been targeted 21 times, 12 receptions allowed for 235 yards. That's almost 20 yards per catch. Four pass breakups on the year, two touchdowns allowed. That's 128.1 NFL passer rating when he's targeted. And then J.K. Johnson, who honestly I thought being him being a redshirt freshman would be the mark. Mm-hmm. He's only given up six catches for 82 yards, no touchdowns, or one touchdown, excuse me. So I think the outside is the way to attack. I think Mitchell Tinkley on the outside. Lambert Smith should be back for this game, correct? Hoping so. Yeah, it seems to be that he's trending in the right direction. So maybe another game time decision. But but yeah, it would be nice to have him out there, be able to utilize that speed. If not, maybe you look at someone like an Amari Evans, true freshman who's gotten some run in a couple of key spots. Talking about utilizing your athletes, just get him the ball. In space. Well. Could be a, you know, a trick up uh, your such sleeve, you know, that maybe he's been saving for this weekend. Um, not on film, but be able to utilize that speed. Yeah, so one last thing I want to point out. I think just going back to their defense, we saw the tight ends get involved a lot last game. So I think we're going to run a lot of 12 sets, two tight end sets, and a lot of it's going to be one of those tight ends staying in to help protect whoever's, you know, having trouble with one of those edge rushers. Yeah. But in totality, I, I really think this game is going to come down to Penn State's defense stepping up, making a big stop when Ohio State's deep in their zone. Penn State getting the ball in plus territory, and then Clifford making a play with his legs. I think that's going to be the key because they, let's be honest, they're going to get after Clifford. They're going to get after him at some point in the game. What he does afterwards, how he can improvise and make plays out of the pocket is going to be what makes or breaks this game. And I think a big play from Clifford out of the pocket in the second half after we've stopped them, get the ball back, I think that's going to be a make or break point in the game. For sure. Who do you got as your impact player, you think, for this game? Who are you watching the most? For me, on the offensive side of the ball, I think it might seem obvious, but I think it just comes down to Cliff. Um if he goes out and plays like he did against Michigan, and I know there's a lot of different position groups and play calling that didn't help him out in that game. But like I, like I said before, he can, he can go out there and produce like he did last week against Minnesota. That's not a question. The The question is, can he do it consistently? Right. You're talking about a 60%, 62% career completion percentage. Uh, you know, even Franklin this week in his, in his presser, he started off by saying Sean Clifford was big 10 offensive player of the week. And then he just paused and looked at everyone in the room. So they hear the criticism, they hear the critics, they hear the fan base, but realistically and truthfully, 
it's what we've been waiting for is can he come back in a back-to-back week in a huge spot and put up those same type of numbers it's going to be a much tougher task but definitely can't play like he did against Michigan and if he can come somewhat close to how he did against Minnesota continue to play mistake-free football no he did a really nice job against Minnesota he threw that pick got that got awful pick downfield and then he bounced back and played a hell of a game you know I'll give him all the credit in the world but needs to put up that same type of performance here against Ohio State to give this team a chance to win yeah that's no I think it comes down to to how he handles handles this moment um in regards to uh you know my impact player yeah that's honestly a perfect analysis because you just look back at what Iowa did against Ohio State they they had the game, the momentum of the game in their hands many times. Yeah. And whether it was Petrus or they were on their backup, I forget who that was. He fumbled his first snap as soon as he got in the game. Like they just let all the momentum slip through their fingers. Yeah. So yeah, I think, yeah, that's humongous, humongous. And then I just keep thinking back to Michigan of just how it got dominated on the interior and Ohio State's strength is straight up front. So if we have a game plan again where, I mean, Gertrich did a great job of getting out of his high school playbook last last week against Minnesota versus the one he ran against Michigan. But it still worries me a little bit that he might get conservative yeah. and just do like halfback inside zones against yeah. this defense. Like, bro, that's not going to work. That's not going to work against this team with our front against their front. We need to get the ball on the edges, use our speed our athleticism against theirs. And for the love of God, use the tight ends. <laughs> and for the love of God, stop throwing fades in the red <laughs> zone to 5'10 and 5'11 receivers. Run crossers, run slants, like get them open in the corners. Let's go. Come on. So we'll definitely be talking much more about this game in the greatest betting competition on planet Earth the Big Ten betting bonanza week number nine. Nine. Yes. Nine. Here it comes. Just going back to 15. I think it moved up to 15 and a half just based on money movement. Yeah. If it was anything <clears throat> under four, under 14, I think that's sort of leaning Penn State. Mm-hmm. Just because I think most of the public remembers Penn State from the Michigan game. So they're like, yeah, they sucked. Like they face a good Big Ten opponent, they fall down. Right. And then Ohio State put up not a sham 54. They definitely would have gotten it if they got those touchdowns instead of field goals. But see them put a 54 against Iowa you know I think anything under 14 would have been begging the public to be like yeah I right, was of course Ohio State is going to win by two touchdowns but yeah absolutely 15 15 and a half is a little I don't know has been a little worried yeah same but let's go over last week of the Big Ten betting bonanza Week number eight, Davey, the total man, Baron, continues, continues the fire streak. If you guys aren't 
trailing Dave's picks like I am. I said last week I was going to triple. I doubled. <laughs> Made a lot of money. It was great. <laughs> Another week in the plus. Two and one last week. Up 0.8 units. Won the over 50 in Iowa, Ohio State, as we said. Ohio State took that on their own. Another easy dub over 51 and a half in Wisconsin, Purdue, which finished at 35-24. I think was yeah, the final score. 24, yeah. And your only L was the under, which I we both believed was going to happen mm-hmm. in Penn State, Minnesota. Penn State's course 45 got that on their surprisingly own. wrong on that one. That was crazy. So on the season, listen to the sharp better in the Big Ten. The kids 15 and six, almost up 10. You're closing in on the up 10 unit mark. You're up, up 9.55 units. And most importantly, plus two bonanza points last week, which brings you to plus 21 bonanza points on the year. By far ahead of me, but I had a little bit of a comeback last week. You graciously gave me the Penn State adjusted line of mine, six and a half plus three. Bada boom, that hit for three points, three bonanza points. I hit that stanky spread, Wisconsin minus two and a half. They beat Purdue. And then my L, as we briefly discussed, was Indiana Moneyline at Rutgers, up 14, seven and a half, all the mojo in the world. Did you see how the game ended? I saw, no, I I was watching. It was 24-14 after Rutgers had that pick. I, I yeah. stopped watching. So 17-14, five minutes left in the fourth. And the Indiana's quarterback is basically going to get sacked for a safety and just throws up a duck. <laughs> and Rutgers picks it off for a pick six. So that was game there. But can't sweat over that. I got plus four bonanza points, which was big for me. Broke my streak. Plus one. I think I had four in a row, plus one, maybe five in a row. Ugly. Plus four, finally. Back in the winning. Two and one, up 1.4 units with that Penn State adjusted line. On the season, I am exactly 500. Back to exactly 500. 10, 10, and one. I'm down 0.8 units, and I have plus 12 Bonanza points. Two Barons, 21. So, still a hole to dig out of, but I'm ready to do it. Comeback's on, baby. Comeback is on, my friend. And you obviously have the honors in the lead. So, first pick, like I said, sticking with the totals. Uh, this one... Just before might... we... Are you going to all three totals? Or do no. I have to wait and find out? No. Okay, okay. Just gonna say, oh, in the suspense, there not all the total, (laughs) but first one will be so Northwestern Iowa. (laughs) This one looks a little too obvious, but I'm just gonna roll with it because I think it's cake all day. So, under 37 and a half, Northwestern Iowa over under taking the under here. Both these offenses are just garbage. That game's gonna be all day. That game's gonna be absolutely brutal. That's going to be a hideous uh, 55 game. degrees, no, no inclement weather. Oh. Could be a little bit of a schnoozer. I'm just kidding. That game's <laughs> going to go so under. So, 
again, third straight week. Kind of feel better now that I'm gaining momentum. But I'm betting the Nittany Lions plus 15 and a half at home. I think they keep this game very close in the first half. And I just based on this team and what they were able to do last week, Sean Clifford's growth, his accuracy, I'm just hoping that can be able to translate over into this game. I'm hoping our offensive line can hold up against their defensive line, and I'm hoping we can keep it within two touchdowns for the betting bonanza, but more importantly, I hope we win the fucking game. Right. I'm not going to take the money line because I don't want to curse us in any way, so I'll take plus 15 and a half and be very safe with that. Smart man. All right. Uh, pick number... I want to curse with the, the home run shot there. <laughs> uh, pick number two, staying with that game, looking at the total here. I was, I think both of us were taken away with how many points they put up in that whiteout game. So definitely caught me by surprise. But this one seems a little bit too high for me. 62 uh, is where we saw some, some sides get at 61. But I'm going to go ahead and take the under 62 in this one. I think. I don't think Good pick. Good it'll pick. be a shootout in this one. So we've got to do a safe play. Yeah, that's a tremendous pick. And that was my second pick. So I'm going to go to my third and then I have an emergency. Already got me to my emergency. So do you have NBA League Pass by chance? I have a Sixers specific League Pass. So the one I'm on the one team pass. Okay. So I split it with a buddy of mine. I was watching the Pistons last night. <laughs> I got two two uh, players in fantasy on the Pistons, so just checking in on them with no football on. And bottom line, because it was the Pistons' home broadcast, they were talking about the Michigan-Michigan State game and how Harbaugh's 0-2 against Mel Tucker. The entire team wants to win so badly yeah. for um, Harbaugh. I'm changing my pick here because I just saw the scrub was 23. And I don't want to take that because that's a weird number for a full game. Wow. So give me one moment here as I look up <laughs> the halftime spread for that game <laughs> because I do think that these guys are – it's a senior-laden group. I think a lot of them are going to play their asses off to get Harbaugh this win in a big, big fashion. So I think the game's going to be over by halftime. And that halftime spread is dun, ooh, love it. Michigan minus 13 and a half. Oh, like that. Minus 115 juice, though. So remember that for the units. But yeah, I'll take Michigan minus 13 and a half. First half spread. Like it. All right. Uh last pick. So getting away from my totals here, but I am so this pick would ensue chaos in the Big Ten West. So thought we had things shored up, but no, not this week. The Nebraska Cornhuskers plus seven and a half money line dogs against the Illini. Wow, that's fuck off. Give me the Cornhuskers. Chaos in the West, baby. That was. You suck. You uh, that was my pick, man. That was my oh, no. pick. what's the uh what's the 
What do you get for money line on that? What is it plus? Uh, be plus three, wouldn't it? Over no, 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 like the actual money uh, line like that. I gotta look it up. All right, well, gosh darn it. Well, since you did that, I'm going to have to go. I'm going to have to. Plus 232 on the money line from Nebraska. So Nebraska plus two thirty. No, that'd be plus five because they're seven and a half point dogs. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, that's why I'm so pissed. Because <laughs> that was supposed that was going to be my my shot to get back in. All right, my emergency's gone. Panic pick here. Let's go with a little bit of the going back to your first game. The under thirty seven and a half. I do think that will hit. So the fact that I was minus 11, give me a break. Give me a freaking break. Northwestern Wildcats plus 11. Gross pick in the entire world. But I'm going to take it. I respect it. Plus 11. Both defenses are for sure showing up. I just, I just don't see, I don't see Iowa winning by more than literally a touchdown. Like it's going to be 10 3 or something like that. What time is that going? 3 30? Hmm. Nah, Northwestern. You know that one after a nice the, Penn State win? I was about to take the money line to get a, a plus five <laughs> on you, but I'm going to stay with that. And that will do it for week nine of the Big Ten betting bonanza. Again, if you're not, trailing dave's picks i highly suggest you do so whoever season stats again 15 and 6 on the season plus 9.55 units crazy crazy stuff so thank you all once again for tuning in listening to us talk penn state football huge 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 big noon matchup this weekend against ohio state another sort of watermark for this young Penn State and Indian Lion team. Kind of sure where they're at this year in particular because we're still looking for some success, possible New Year's Six Bowl this year. Mm-hmm. And I think this game is really going to show what we're all about compared to that Michigan game. Because if we lay down and get our ass whooped again, we are we are. But if we keep it close, possibly win the game, maybe lose by a touchdown, field goal, feeling a little better, feeling a little better. Yeah, big, be, state, big statement thanks. game for this coaching staff and, and for these players. So looking forward to it. And yeah, like I said, that'll be it. Thank you guys. Really appreciate <laughs> it. And we'll be back next week, hopefully in a jolly, jolly mood. Let's go state. Go state, baby. <laughs>